thing that I've appreciated the most is being invited places. Hey, we're going to the pumpkin patch. You want to come with us? Oh, we're going to a movie. You want to come with us? Like, because I don't have a spouse, I get nervous to go do stuff on my own. And it's a little sad. I feel like his presence is missing more, but when I'm invited with a group of friends, it's just, I appreciate it so much. Welcome to another Enter the Chat episode of the Mom Force podcast, where special guest answers your questions. And today we're talking about cancer and grief with Jennifer Hanks of the blog Coco's Caravan. Now, I just have to say, while talking with Jennifer, I felt so re-energized to capture my family's daily moments, the good, the bad, the sad, the fun, all of it, because Jennifer says that the photo books that she has of her late husband, Justin, are some of her most prized possessions. Not only do they continue to bring her comfort, but she has used them to show her twin boys who their dad was and some of their special memories together. So there's some motivation for all of us to print our photos. Now, if you're new to Chatbooks, download the Chatbooks app, see how easy it is to make a photo book straight from your phone and use the promo code MOMFORCE for 15% off. Okay, now on to the episode. Hello, hello, Jen. Thank you for entering the chat with us today. Welcome to the Mom Force. Thank you for having me. I feel so honored to be here and I'm so excited. Well, I have loved reading your story. It was so touching and so moving. For those who might not be familiar with it, can you just briefly share a bit about your story? Yeah. My husband passed away from cancer five years ago. We found out that he had cancer three months after we were married. We actually have known each other since we were kids. So we grew up together and been best friends for so long. So when we got married, it was just like, yay, finally, perfect timing. We were so excited. And he just started complaining about chest pain. And he went in and found out that he had a tumor in his chest. And we went back home to Colorado He did chemo for six months and like a huge surgery and he was announced like cancer free and we were so excited and he was in remission for almost a year before the cancer came back and it was extremely rare. They didn't even technically have a name for it and we spent, you know, the next three years on and off different chemo drugs, just trying to get anything that worked. And we could never really find anything that cured him, just kept it from growing. So we felt like cancer could just controlled everything in our life. Like it was so depressing. We felt like we couldn't have our own of anything. And the last thing we wanted cancer to take from us was our chance to start a family. And he was doing pretty good, stable, And we thought, you know, let's start IVF. And I did IVF while he was doing chemo. It was kind of crazy, but we put one embryo in. And when we went to the, our very first ultrasound, um, we found out we were having twins. So the embryo split and (laughs) we were in complete shock, but so excited. And then he started to get really sick when I was around seven months pregnant and it slowly shifted to, is he going to make it to their birth? Like it just 
started getting really depressing and it was a really, really hard time, but he made it and he was able to live for three months of their life. And I have pictures of them with him. And that was just meant so much to me to just like have him meet them. And he passed away three months after they were born. And yeah, it was extremely hard. Wow. Well, I know going through IVF alone can be extremely hard, but to be doing that while your husband is battling, you know, a deadly disease, I, I can't even imagine how stressful that was. Yeah. Yeah. It was really hard. I am always just curious about when people go through really hard things, sometimes some of our reaction is to hold it really close to our chest because it's it's hard to talk about. And when you put your story out there, then you, you open yourself up to... <laughs> other people's commentary on it. But you have made a point of sharing your story online. And I'm just curious, what what made you decide to do that? After my husband passed away, I was super depressed. And there was one other girl on the internet, a blogger, and it Mm -hmm. wasn't, this was kind of before even Instagram was really big, who shared her experience with her husband going through cancer. I read every single thing she had posted I read every blog post, every Instagram post, and it like brought so much comfort. I don't know. Just seeing that she was still living life and she was smiling in photos, I just made me think like, maybe I can be there someday too. Like, I don't know. It just brought so much comfort. So then I was like, you know what? There's not a lot out there at the time. And I was like, I'm just, I just started to share my story in hopes of, helping other people in a similar situation who just needed to like read someone else going through something. And I found that like the biggest comfort for me is connecting with other people who know what you're going through. And I just wanted to provide that for other people. So I started sharing and in turn, like it was crazy because I started to share to help other people, but then I started getting connected to other widows and it came full circle and it was helping me just as much like sharing is very healing. So that was like just writing is a healing process and meeting other people have been, it's been so good for me. You not only did you find healing yourself, but you were able to help others. I think sometimes we're afraid to share our stories, but that is how we build community. That's how we build connection. That's how we find strength. And the Coco's Caravan community that you have built is so beautiful. And as I read through some of those stories, you know, every single one of us has been touched in some way by someone who's had cancer. Unfortunately, it is such a pervasive an awful disease. And I found so much in the stories that you shared and that are shared in your community to be strengthening and and so helpful. I also really love the perspective that your dad gave. He shares his point of view of, of what you went through. And that was so beautiful. One of the things that he wrote in his blog post was, we will never be able to understand the whys of cancer. All we can do is our best to love and support the victims and their families as best as we can so beautiful. Yeah. My dad's the best. The best. Well, I'm hoping that this episode will help anyone who's going through difficulties themselves or has a friend or loved one who's going through um, hard times. One of the things that I read on your blog that I loved, you wrote, as we work to create a treatment plan, we looked for any point of happiness that we could share. So many people are touched by somebody who is going through cancer. And 
want to know how to support them. So I'm wondering, are there ways that we can support loved ones and maybe even bring a little happiness into their lives? Yes, so many ways to help. I think something that really I appreciated was our life was cancer. Like we're thinking about cancer, we're talking about cancer, we're going to appointments, like everything in our life was cancer. So we just appreciated so much when our friends showed up and we had a fun night and no one was like, how are you doing? What are the, like, we just pretended for a night that we didn't have cancer and they just made us laugh. And we just felt like normal people again. I felt like that. I just really appreciated that. Like there were time and places to ask someone, how are you doing? But like, sometimes they were like, we're just going to plan a party. Come over. We're going to hang out. And like, I felt that meant a lot to us Mm -hmm. and, you know, just being there. It's so hard. (laughs) It really is so hard, but just like having that support and joy because our life was just always surrounded by cancer. I loved when friends did that. Just some sense of normalcy, right? Like in the completely abnormal circumstances. Well, someone from our community, Kristen, she was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2019. And when asked about some of the things that helped her, she said, when I went through treatment, there were things that really helped. Biotin mouthwash for dry mouth. She said, I like different hats and scarves because I wasn't really a wig person. She said, Audible was so nice after chemo when you are awake, but you just want to shut your eyes. And she mentioned queasy drops and anything with protein for energy. So being able to send a care package or a gift with some of those things could be nice. And sometimes our friends are going through treatment when they have young children, and there are things that you could send that could be nice for the kids. Cheyenne from the Mom Force, she had a sister who went through cancer treatment, and this is what she said. I sent a box of coloring books and water guns and kinetic sand and stickers and sand toys and all of the things that her kids loved to help keep them busy on the days that she wasn't feeling well. I love that idea. So many good ideas. Were there any meaningful gifts that people gave you during that time? You know, I think just having people show up was so sweet and so nice. The care package were always so meaningful. So people would send us big blankets and treats and different snacks because you're so sick of like the hospital food. Totally. That hospital food can get pretty old. (laughs) I recently saw on your Instagram a post saying that you are now living on your own with your two boys. And I know that during Justin's treatment and when he passed, you had a lot of help from family, which I am sure you are very grateful for and was much needed. But now you're on your own. I know there are so many single moms out there who are doing the best that they can. And I'm just wondering, from your experience, are there some meaningful ways that we can pitch in to help our friends who are doing it solo? Like, what are some of the things that have helped you as you've transitioned into this new phase of life? Yeah, moving on my own was like a huge milestone. And it was so scary. I was so scared. But from this past year living on my own, I feel like obviously childcare is the biggest number one because you're just feeling so burdened by all the you know, taking care of your kids that you don't, you forget to take care of yourself. So just having someone be like, Hey, I'll take the kids for a couple hours is huge. But I feel like now that I'm on my own, I feel like the thing that I've appreciated the most is being invited places. Hey, we're going to the pumpkin patch. You want to come with us? Oh, we're going to a movie. You want to come with us? I feel 
like, because I don't have a spouse, I get nervous to go do stuff on my own. And it's a little sad. I feel like his presence is missing more, but when I'm invited with a group of friends, it's just, I appreciate it so much being invited places. So I feel like just don't forget the single moms because we want to join in on the fun too. That's such a great reminder. Um, I know sometimes we can just get so focused on the business of our own lives that we forget about, you know, including others. And that is such a great, important reminder. Well, you have shared so many amazing resources on your blog, Coco's Caravan, especially about how to handle grief. And we got a few questions from our mom force community specifically about this. And I was wondering if you could speak to them. Emily, she says, what is the best way to respond on social media to the announcement of someone losing their loved ones? And Amanda goes on to say, yeah, what do you say? The typical sorry for your loss seems so robotic and empty to me. Yeah, this is a question I get asked often as well. And something you can say is a lot of the times you you can just say, I can only imagine what you must be going through because we we truly can't like we can we can only imagine where they're coming from. We yeah. and it's a, just a nicer way to say, um, I don't know where you're coming from and I'm thinking of you. And that helps a lot. And just honestly, just keeping it simple and just saying thinking of you. And how can I help or be specific and how can I help? And instead of saying, how can I help? Be like, I'm coming over. I'm bringing you dinner Monday. Like, and just being direct and like how you can help. But usually like, I'll just say, you know, I can only imagine where you are right now and how you're feeling, but I'm there for you. And then I think actually being there for them in some way is important. And it's hard when people live across the country. A friend of mine, she said when her daughter passed that when people would say, you know, how can I help? Like, you don't even know what you need in that moment. But her friends that just showed up with a frozen meal or showed up with flowers or, you know, came over and took her laundry (laughs) away to do, like, just don't ask questions. Just come and do that. That was the most helpful. Yes. What about giving gifts? What were some of the most meaningful gifts that you received from friends and loved ones when your husband passed? So we actually opened a Facebook shared album and Mm -hmm. anyone who knew him could add photos to it of them with him. And then, so I was getting not just the collection of photos I had, but like his best friends, his like all the people in his life. And then my friends put a chat book together with Aww. all the pictures so that my kids and I could look at them. I thought that was really sweet. So I obviously am like a huge fan of photos. So that was like an amazing gift. Just get a yeah. bunch of photos and just books that you can have around the house. I love the like the paintings. We never got a family photo together. So someone like painted him into like a photo of us. You know, Aww, that was yeah. really sweet. So I love those. And then another one was to collect letters and people close in his life wrote letters to my boys about a special memory that they had and put it together. So I love that. Yeah. Lots of good ideas. One of my dearest friends, her husband passed away unexpectedly a couple of years ago, leaving six kids behind. And in the Facebook post that announced, announced his passing, There were so many amazing memories shared as comments on that Facebook post. Um, And, you know, they just, those comments, they just disappear. (laughs) They're gone. And so she had mentioned something to me about how, like, I just don't ever want to let go of these. 
I want to read them over and over and over again. And so I figured out a way to screenshot them and format them um, and made a chat book just of the comments from that post. That's so smart. Oh, I and, do that um, it, it was labor intensive. It's not yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the yeah. easiest thing to do. That's but, why a friend does it though. Yes, yes, exactly. That's, and you know that's what? That's a perfect gift. If, you're, it, if that's your niche and you're good at that. It was so nice to feel like I could do something in that moment because, you know, you just don't know what to do. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know I can figure out how to screenshot these and use Canva and turn it into an image that I can put in a chat book. Right. That's <laughs> your thing. That you know how to do it. And that's yeah. like the perfect gift idea. Yeah. There was that. also, so this man, Clayton, who who passed, he had his own Instagram called Selfies of Clayton. Which he just, anytime he would travel, he traveled a lot for work or would go to his kids' games or anything, he would take selfies with everyone he met, with his kids often, but then his kids' friends that. and his colleagues. And it was kind of like a, just a funny thing. You know, so many people are self-conscious about taking selfies, but it was literally what his Instagram was called, Selfies of Clayton. And it was I just full of like his life story in photos of him with people that were meaningful to him. In fact, even my daughter, he came to see her in a play Mary Poppins in a play. And he posted a picture, a selfie with Claire. And when he passed, these photos were so precious, like just a chronicle of his life and the people that were meaningful to him. And you know, I was grateful to be able to make those into chapbooks for their family as well. But it also made me think about, you know, are we taking enough photos? <laughs> like this, such yeah. a treasure that this family has these to hold on to. There's never, there's no such thing. As too many you, photos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us more about that. I would love to hear your perspective on that. You, There can never be enough photos. And I am a huge photo person. I have so many of my husband and I still feel like there's not enough. I have memorized every single photo I have of him at this point. And yeah. I'm still like, oh, I wish I got more. Yeah. I just feel like there's never enough. Never enough. I'm thinking about my friends who have lost their spouses. I put those death anniversaries in my calendar as a reminder to reach out to them on that difficult day. And often when an anniversary comes up, I go through my camera roll and search for their loved one's face. And then I will text them all of the photos and videos I have of them, which sometimes isn't a lot, but sometimes something's better than nothing. Uh, it just feels like a small way that I can feel like I can honoring that anniversary, which I know can be a really really tough day. Can you share any advice that you have on how people can show love and support on those difficult days? Yeah, death anniversaries can be so hard. It's actually the hardest for me, like the out of like the birthdays and you know, Father's Day, I feel like the death anniversary is always really the hardest, but I did share some things that I, that are really good to do on death anniversaries. I visit his gravesite every year. We just go and have a picnic. It's hard for me to visit there. So I just truly only go once a year and I bring my boys and we just have lunch. But for other people like gathering together with family and friends, so you're just not alone because it's a really hard day is so helpful. And then you can, you end up laughing and sharing stories and turning it into like a lighter, happier day. Another thing that I do on anniversaries is visit locations that like make me feel close to him, which he loved the outdoors, like loved the outdoors. So anytime in the, I'm in the mountains 
or hiking. I just feel so close to him. So finding connections through them is such a great way to spend a death anniversary. Basically, you're just surviving the day. (laughs) You're really, truly just getting through the day and finding whether you're spending alone or with family members, just trying to find what's best for you. I know everyone does Mm. things differently. I've now created this little tradition that we're going to go and have lunch at this gravesite and that makes it a little easier. I was just thinking about your boys. They were so young when Justin passed. And I would imagine that, you know, they would have different kinds of feelings than you would. What is it like for them as they get older and and learn more about their dad? Yeah, they definitely, the older they get, they ask more questions. And I've been very like open about it all since the beginning. And I've had pictures everywhere. So they know what he looks like. They know Mm -hmm. that he's gone. But, oh, my gosh, is it heart-wrenching. Every question that comes, it's really hard. I mean, just the other day I was in the car, and one of my boys goes, I I really miss Justin, just out of the blue, or I really miss Dad. I call him both, Justin and Dad, because I want – when people are talking about him, they're using the word Justin, so I want them to know the stories that they're sharing. But I really miss him, and I just think it's – it's hard. And then my little boy was building a little house out of magnetiles and was like, Oh, this is a house for you, me, dad. And it was like so mm. hard, but it's, they, it's all they've known. You know, I tried to make it like on his birthday, we have a tradition where we go outside and do like go on a hike or do something fun outside. So we have traditions and like ways to remember him, which I think make it a little lighter and happier. And we live close to his parents which I love because they share stories I don't know. Yeah. And that helps. I think the more you talk about him, the the less heavy it feels. Yeah. So I, I that's that. what I'm trying to do. Well, and I love how you've mentioned a couple of times that you just have a lot of photos out and about, which, you know, I love our love of photos together. Yes. We are kindred yes. spirits. But I'm curious at how deliberately you are using photos to build this narrative around who he was. Tell us a little bit more about that and how photos play a role in developing this family narrative. Yeah. Photos have kept him alive in a sense. Yeah. They they keep him around and a part of my family still. And I truly don't know how I would do that. I mean, I could talk about him a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But the photos put a face and a story to a person who had a life and was real. And that is where a photo is different, I feel like, than just talking about a person who's passed away. So I have a thousand chat books. I'm like obsessed. (laughs) I am a huge fan. So I have the paperback, the paper, the little ones um, in their room constantly. I have pictures on the wall. I have just pictures everywhere. I have like the Alexa frame that like will filter through photos. Yeah. So they're always just seeing him. And I think that is what truly will keep him a part of this family forever, which I love. Yeah. Well, there are even photos of my childhood. Granted, I don't have very many from my childhood because I was in the 70s, but there are photos of things that I don't really remember, but the photo like is connected to a story that I now hold dear. Like, oh, my dad came home from work and had a tea party with me. Like, really? Okay. It must mean that I was his favorite and that he loved me. And, you know, this photos, they can 
bring stories back, but there's so much meaning behind those stories. And well, it's also it's also really cute because they'll ask questions like, "Was was dad really strong?" Or did dad like to play soccer? And I can go find photos of him, like, you know, to portray him looking strong, like rock climbing or whatever. And then they get it. Like, so they'll ask yeah. questions and then I can go find a photo to back up like the story, which is really it. cool as well. Okay. Well, that is making me think about photo organization, which yes. is a hot topic. And I know yeah. you have a course actually on your blog available, organizing digital photos. Off the top of your head, do you know how many photos you have in your camera? Okay. I looked. It's so embarrassing. You guys. I'm like, ah, like I had 30, I have 30,000 photos. Okay. Okay. That's not too bad. Honestly, I have a few more than that. I just started using Apple Photos as my primary backup for all of my photos, including all of my scan photos. Right now, I have 130, oh. 130,000 now that I've I have like the two terabyte phone <laughs> yeah. purely yeah. for photos and videos. Me too. Me too. So, okay, I, I'm with you. There's okay. no, no such <laughs> thing as too many photos. No. However, you know, it if you actually want to go find a photo of your husband playing soccer, how do you do that? What are your top three tips for yes. organizing and enjoying your photos? Okay. I always tell people to make sure you, you need your photos backed up physically and digitally. So you need to have it on a hard drive and you need to have it on a digital platform. Yep. And Google Photos is by far my favorite because mm -hmm. their search engine is incredible. Is so good. I know. So all I have to type in is like cat and any picture shows up couch christmas yeah. tree and then that picture will show up oh i'm trying to find that picture from this that is the best way so if you get everything on google photos yeah. you can easily find things that you need my family call me they they call me all the time they're like jen where's that one photo from that one vacation and within 5 minutes i can pull it up yeah. and send it in the group chat yeah. so i feel like it you could we could have a whole podcast on how to organize your photos <laughs> So I feel like the most important and easiest is like get your photos on Google Photos. I, I will second that. I, I have my primary backup is iCloud right now, yeah. but I also have them all in Google Photos for that very reason because iCloud search is just not as good. It's not as good. No. I don't know why. They are smart people there. Apple, if you're listening, please, please fix figure your search because we're all going to Google for that. Yeah. Okay. So I love that. Backup physically and digitally. What's something that I people could do today to help them organize and enjoy their photos. You put all these photos on your phone and you never look at them again. And it can be a little depressing because they're so stinking cute. Mm -hmm. So I obviously, my number one is making photo albums. I do it with chat books. Yes. <laughs> not just, it's the easiest way to do it. I'm not just saying that. I do photo albums for holidays. I brought them. <laughs> Oh my goodness. This is how I do it. So I have a photo book for every holiday. So this is Halloween 2018. Love it. Love it. I have Halloween 2019 and I put them out during the holiday. So I get all my chat books, kind of like you would get your children books, yeah. Halloween books out. So I pull them out during the holiday. I have crisp for one for every Christmas and then I do one for every vacation. So yeah. this was their... I think this is their third birthday. This is like their whole birthday party. Aww. And so I just think events, holidays, birthdays, vacations, just go make a quick book right yeah. after. 
So I just make an album on my phone and during the vacation, I just put all my favorite pictures in the album and then I get home and then just put it all in a chat book is so easy. And then you can actually enjoy them. So truly that's the best way. I know. I know. And one of the reasons why I invented chat books is because I wanted my kids to be able to enjoy the photos that I was taking and not have to get on my phone to do it or, you know, scroll Instagram to see what I posted. Yeah. Um, and so you, you've you just basically given us a chatimonial. <laughs> and I do have to say this about pictures. This was something really important that I wanted to say. You don't ever have to post a picture on social media. Sometimes yeah. if you're worried about how you're looking, how you're feeling in that time of your life, just take the photo and keep it to yourself. Yeah. Sometimes we don't take the picture because we're like, oh, we're going to have to put it in this photo album. or We're going to have to post it on social media. I don't like how I'm feeling right now just take the photo and no one says that you have to show show anyone just have it because I know later in life you'll look back and be happy that you have that. Well, I just saw someone shared something on social media about how they didn't like the way they looked on a certain vacation. And she said, I thought I deleted all of the pictures of me because I thought I looked fat. I didn't like it. I didn't want to remember that. And then years and years later, one photo from that trip surfaced and her girls found it and was like, mom, oh, it was a picture of her paddleboarding. And they were like, mom, look at you. You're so amazing. And, you know, look how strong you are. And and she, you know, 10 years down the road had different eyes to see that photo yes. and, and felt gratitude and all of those things, which, yeah. you know, in the moment she wasn't feeling as much. And so yeah. I, I tell this to my girls too, who will often grab my camera and delete, delete, delete things that they don't like. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Like yeah. oh. save the photos because yeah. sometimes perspective, you know, time or the passing of a loved one, those photos take on a lot yeah. more meaning. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for that reminder. That's so important. Well, Jen, you're so talented. You have another course, DIY photo shoot course, where yeah. you teach how to document these special moments with your with your family. We call that everyday magic. Oh, and and I'm totally that. with you. Print photo books of events and vacations and all that stuff. But there's something about those in-between moments, the yeah. everyday magic that yeah. we want to hold on to too. And that's where month books come into play for me. That's where I print all of those everyday photos. Do you have any tips for how we can capture moments with our kiddos? Okay. Obviously, bribery always works Mm -hmm. when you need a good family photo. But my tip is when you're going to Disneyland or you're going to go to the pumpkin farm, you're going to some fun event and you know you're going to want a family photo, my tip is do it the very first thing. Like as soon as you show up, that's the first thing you're doing. Get your photo, whatever you want. Whenever I'm going to Disneyland, I'm like, all I want is a cute photo in front of the castle. Can we just go do that first? And then we can enjoy the rest of the day. And no one's going to be mad at me because I'm going to be nagging them all day for the photo. That was my tip to get like a good family photo throughout like those in-between moments. Do it first thing and then it's done. And then you can leave yourself room to spontaneously take, you know, right? the other photos. Because yeah. you and, know you have that one and you wanted that one and it turned yeah. out good and then you can just enjoy the rest of the day. Yeah. Okay. And I, can I add one other thing? Yes, please. I sometimes, I will have a thought like, oh, I want to take a picture of that. But then I will be like, oh no, that's dumb. I don't want them, I don't want them to feel awkward. I don't want to make it look like I'm, yeah. my kids are always paranoid that anything's going to go on social media. But yes, I... 
often have a thought to take a photo and I don't do it and I regret it. Like nine out of 10 times I regret it. So this goes back to your theme of just take the photo. Just take the photo and ask people to take your photos. That was another thing I was going to say. Oh yeah. As a single mom, I don't have a spouse who's going to take these like photos for me. And I've just been so good at like when I'm going to the museum with a friend, I'm like, ask my friend, hey, can you take a picture of my boys and I? Like, I'm just really yeah. good about asking now. Yeah. And the rest of us, if we ever see someone just taking pictures of their kids, offer to take one. Yes. They might not that, take you yes. up on it, but usually they do. Yes. And I'm good about that too. I'm like, all for saving the moment. That's what yeah. I'm here for. <laughs> oh, so good. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and helping us think about ways that we can um, be a little more mindful and sensitive in supporting our friends and loved ones who are going through hard times. And also just sharing your testimony of the power of sharing our stories, like just being vulnerable and admitting, you know, the hard things that we're going through, whether it's cancer or the loss of a loved one, or, you know, maybe you're just, you don't like the way your house looks anymore and it's a mess and you don't know how to keep it clean like yeah you don't have we don't have to put on this sheen of perfection it's yeah. okay to to say what it is that's hard for you right now because chances are someone else is going through the same thing and we can gain strength from each other yeah yeah this is i just wanted to end with this thought because i found this quote and it's like what's the first thing we look for and hold closely when we lose someone and the answer is a photo for me. That's really what it was. Yeah. So think about that next time. Like you're going to take a photo and just remember that these memories last forever. So, yeah. And pictures thank are a way you. to save those memories. It's so yes, important. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for being an incredible chapbooker, an incredible mom, an incredible example. Thank you for being part of the mom force. Thank you for having me. I've been so excited about this. So I feel very honored. Well, it was our treat. You know what I really loved about that chat with Jen? What really stood out to me, besides her being a absolute power chat booker, it was how calm and at peace she seemed. It was in her voice. I know she probably doesn't always feel that way, but it is a good reminder that time can help and heal even the biggest wounds. If you have any ideas of ways to support friends and family going through something similar, I'd love to hear from you. Come join the conversation over on Instagram at Vanessa Quigley. And also, maybe if you know someone else who's going through something similar, share this episode with them. All right, guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of the mom force. And until next time. Thank you.